Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you. I'm, I'm really honored, privileged to be here. Honored that uh, Howard would share the pulpit with me. That's a great thing. That's one thing I really admire about Howard. He has no jealousy over the pulpit. He's just all about the kingdom of God, about uh, God's name being lifted up. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pastors that aren't like that. And it's good to have a pastor that's like that. I, I appreciate so much his leadership. I didn't know if I'd be here this morning or not because uh, <clears throat> yesterday I, I came up to pray about 3.15, I think it was. And you know, I have this old fob, you know, I can get in the door out there. These are really cool. So I touched that on there and opened the door and all of a sudden, beep, 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 beep. I'm going, oh, no, you know. So I, I, I left my phone at home. And so I couldn't call Brandon or text Doyle or anything. So the next best thing was to leave. <laughs> so, so I went and I got in my truck. I drove home, got my phone. You know, I tried to call Doyle, you know, and he wasn't answering the phone. I tried to call Brandon. I got a hold of Brandon finally. And I, anyway, I found out how to do that. I thought maybe they're going to come and arrest me. That's why I left. I thought I was a Baptist trying to break in here and get something good. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm really, really happy to be here. I, I really feel a, a responsibility to share with you today as well as a great gladness to share it with you. And uh, since this is, you know, <clears throat> you get to honor your parents as long as they're alive, so I wanted to honor my mom. She's here to, to hear me. She's heard me before, but she's here with my daughter and my younger granddaughter, so I'm glad to see them here. You know, I grew up Pentecostal. Married a Methodist, got saved in a Baptist church, pastored as a Baptist, was ordained as a charismatic, pastored a church that became charismatic, burned out in the ministry, went into construction for about three years, got resurrected as a Methodist. <clears throat> and now I'm a Presbyterian. And i got to tell you, when I retired, I retired from pastoring in 2014. And uh, I'd been reformed in my theology for several decades after reading J.I. Packer and R.C. Sproul and Jonathan Edwards and John Piper and people like that. That was kind of my diet of theology. And so I, I became reformed, and, but God still had me in all these other backgrounds, you know. And, I, and God, there's God lovers everywhere you go. But, but it was kind of unusual to be in that. When we came here, the, the first, uh, just wanted to do this by way of compliment and encouragement. Uh, we were sitting in the sixth row about where Blake is, maybe one back behind him. And uh, the first, I don't know, six months we were here, probably most Sundays in worship, I would just weep. I would weep quietly as uh, the grace of this community and God's grace in this place just flowed over me. I guess I was kind of like bruised fruit, you know, after... 33 years of pastoral ministry, didn't really realize it that much, you know. But just the grace of God that flowed over me in this place was a real blessing. So Denise and I really enjoyed being here, making friends, and, and now a chance to share with you from God's Word is just a, is a great gift. So I want to do that this morning. And as uh, Kim read for us, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. And then you can skip those middle verses there. They're important, but... For there he commands the blessing, life forevermore. Isn't that something? Now when God commands something, that happens, doesn't it? And when people dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing, life forevermore. Wasn't that a great song that they sang, Sarah Solo in that term? I'm kind of sheltered. I hadn't heard that song before. Man, that is a good song. Feasting in the presence of God. 
forevermore. Well, that's what God commands where people gather together in the name of Jesus is life forevermore, feasting in the presence of Jesus. But in order to get there, in order to become what we want to be and what God's called us to be, to be really in union, <clears throat> we have to do what a friend of mine uh, took a, a church up in the Pacific Northwest years ago. He came into a church that had a $5 million debt and had a huge sanctuary. About 5,000 people would be able to seat in that sanctuary, and they were having 250 people. This church had just imploded. And his so-called bishop, and we really want a bishop because his tradition does not have bishops, but he sent him in there and said, Ted, fix that church or die trying. And so he, he went in there to, to raise his church up, and man, the good news, he's, he did. That became such a powerful, vibrant church. It's still a mission-sending church. But when he moved in there, he got all of his staff buttons that said PIP, PIP. Prancing and poop. <laughs> Prancing and poop. Where, where God's people dwell together in unity, there's poop. You know, you know it says in, in Proverbs that, you know, where there are no oxen, our oxen, the stall is clean, the manger is clean, but much increase, a great harvest comes by the strength of the ox. And that's what we want to do. We want to bring in a great harvest. We want to be a people that are involved in the harvest of God. We want to see God harvest the righteousness that Jesus paid for on the cross. We want to see that gathered in. But we're going to have to prance and poop. Because you and I are, you know, we have problems, don't we? But it's in community, it's in the connection with other believers, sharing with our gifts, that we find healing for ourselves, even as we begin to reach out and God blesses and brings life from the outside in. He brings that life from the inside out also. And so that's what I want to share with you today is this idea of this community and how God is just, just commands a blessing, commands a blessing where we'll dwell, dwell together in unity. So let me look at my notes, see if I'm missing anything yet. I don't think so. <clears throat> so here's what we need to do. We need to persevere in the instructions that God gives in order to realize this community and all that God attends to it. We've got to persevere. In, this is it, isn't it? Jesus said, the heavens and the earth are going to pass away, but my word endures forever. So we go back to God's word. We begin in God's word. That's where you and I started, wasn't it? Somewhere we heard the preaching of Christ, and mysteriously somehow the Holy Spirit put faith in our heart, and we made the confession that Jesus is Lord, and we came to life. And then we're to continue in that word, because everything around us is perishing. Everything's going down. The heavens and the earth are being shaken. They have been. You know, ever since Eden. But it seems like the rapidity of the shakiness stepping up sometimes, doesn't it? I, I read a lot of history, and so it's, it's done this many times. But this, this is pretty severe, what we're living in right now, politically, economically, you know, environmentally. Global warming is, is real. I'm not sure that we caused it. Well, I know we caused it because we sinned. Because there were going to be a global warming, you know, in the garden in Eden. But when we sinned, everything broke. And God is shaking those things that are temporary or temporal in order that what's eternal might remain and that's his word in us and through us and we realize that blessing in community so here's the, here's what i want to share with you first god's conception of community his concept and his conception of community comes out of who he is god the father god the son and god the holy spirit in perfect harmony perfect community sharing all things equally in the godhead and when he created he moved to come among us by His Word and His Spirit to share that community with us. We've, what Peter says, we've become partakers of the divine nature. You ever thought about that? 
being a partaker of the divine nature. It's almost like God said, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Church. No, that's heresy, but it's almost like that. We have become partakers of the divine nature by putting our trust in Christ Jesus. And God is displaying to the earth His glory in us because the church is really Christ incarnate in every generation in which it lives. We are the body of Christ Jesus. God has come again by His Spirit and indwell the bodies of His believers. This is an amazing thing. That you and I are the representatives. We are the incarnation of Jesus in our job places, in our families, in our relationships of every sort. We're taking Jesus wherever we go. You know, Brady said this really good a few weeks ago when he was introduced to the congregation. But wherever we go, we're taking Jesus. It's an amazing thing to consider. And true. So God has called us out of the world. We are the ecclesia, the church. We've been called out of the world and in to the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Jesus in order to show forth the excellencies of God, who He is, what He's about. This is God's conception of a community. It's the church. Man, what a thing for God to have a community, to have a family. But families are messy, aren't they? How many of y'all came out of a family? You know, typically it's about 100%, usually when I take that survey question, that about 100% of people come out of a family. And families are messy, aren't they? Is anybody here the product of a perfect family? You ever, if you're married, do you remember when you got married and how wrong your in-laws' view of life and Christmas was? You remember that? <laughs> I can remember that. I can remember that, you know. I thought, no, we don't do Christmas that way. What's, what's the deal with that? I came out of a family where nobody raised their voice. And I went into a group of in-laws where, it was, you know, the, the typical exchange was screech level. But the good thing about both those families is they were, they were impregnated with love. You know, they loved one another. They lived in a community, but they were imperfect. And so a church is made up of us. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That God would call us out and call us together. So here we are. We're going to be prancing poop. Luther had this to say about the church. Of course, his, his time in the church was much different than ours, but he did have this to say about the church. He said, you know, the church is like Noah's Ark. If the storm outside wasn't so severe... You could not stand the smell inside. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever stopped and imagined what it must have been like in that ark? Wow. That's got to be bad, doesn't it? Elephant, elephant dung. Camel poop. Bird guana. Bird guana, you know. All, all that stuff in there. They were living in that. I don't, know how they, I don't know how God provided to get rid of that, you know. But he did somehow. But it didn't smell good in there. You've, you've been in a barn. If you've ever been on a farm, going to a barn, it's kind of that fresh smell of cow manure mixed into the hay and so we live in this family, this community, and, and one of our first things is, is when things are messy, we like to push back. We like to stay away, don't we? We like to get away. And in a job, we're not really, we don't have to be that friendly with the people, you know. It, if We don't have to really get involved in the messiness of their lives. But when God calls us out of the world into the church... We have to be involved with one another if we're going to see the command of the blessing of life forevermore. We have to get involved at deeper levels, and lots of times we're comfortable doing it. We've got to hear other people and what's their problem. Sometimes people may come and confess to us, or we may have to go to someone and confess. We may need absolution. We, we're not Catholic, so we don't do that. We, go, we do the James chapter 5 route. We go to our brother and say, I've sinned, you know, and he prays for us. She prays for us. And God forgives our sin. They exercise the keys of the kingdom over us. 
That's, that's not pleasant work, you know. Ministry lots of times seems kind of romantic. When Kim's doing it, you know, in Ireland with a bunch of kids, that's, boy, that's romantic. But then when you're there, it's not all that romantic, you know what I mean? You ever been there? You're doing some work of ministry, and it's like, gee, I thought it was going to be really romantic. Where are the angels? Where's the, where's the, where's the soundtrack, you know? But it's not Hollywood, it's real life. It's being in the family of God. It's working towards what God has for us. And this is what God has says, I will bless. Because we're brothers and sisters to grow together in unity, God has commanded the blessing life forevermore. So I want us to think just a few points about this, this community that God's called us into. It's a compassionate community. That is, it's a, it's a community that pities and shows mercy to one another. Forgive one another as God and Christ forgave you over and over. How, how fresh are God's mercies? Well, they're new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And so we're called to display that same mercy to forgive people, to be close enough to them that, that sometimes we go, man, that's ridiculous. And yet to move toward them again and be merciful toward them and forgive them because it's in this milieu, this environment of the called out community that we grow. And we're established and we're developed and we share and God's mercy is displayed. And so it's, a, it's like God being the good Samaritan. Jesus is really the good Samaritan, isn't he? He just says, put it on my tab. Put it on my tab. Put it up in the hotel, feed them, whatever they need. Just put it on my tab. And so we're doing that for one another. We're sharing. We're, sometimes we get put on somebody else's tab. Sometimes they get put on our tab. And we show mercy and we give to them. And we yeah, and sometimes we, we don't maybe have the best attitude while we're doing it. But God's patient with us. He changes those attitudes as we go forward. If we'll stay in the community, if we'll stay connected, He will change us. It'll be the most amazing thing. One day we'll wake up and we'll be so kind and tenderhearted. And we'll go, where did that come from? And we'll have to think, it's God's grace working in me. The next day we might not be that nice. But that day we were, and we see these, we see these bread, breadcrumbs that God's showing goodness and mercy trailing behind us because we're staying close to the shepherd. And so we keep coming back, and we keep letting God's word inform us and instruct us and keep us together. Because this is the place where God says, I command a blessing right there. So you have this compassionate community that's shown in the Godhead. He commands the blessing. So here's it. I was thinking about this this week. Here's Jesus comes to the grave of Lazarus. Everybody knows the story. He stinks because he's been in there four days, you know. And Jesus' words are, Lazarus, come forth. After he prays, which is an interesting thing. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes forth. But you remember, he looked kind of like this. Because he's wrapped up like a mummy, isn't he? He's been anointed. He's been wrapped. And you know what Jesus says to the people around? Loose him. And let him go. Depends on the version you got. Sometimes he says, unwrap him and loose him. Let him go. That's the community that we're in. That we help by the Holy Spirit. We help him. Because we all come into the kingdom with a lot of garbage. I don't care if you came when you were three. You got problems. You got a damn nature. You know? I came when I was 21. I had a lot of problems. Every once in a while, I still notice a few. My wife helps me. But I see these problems I've got. Where can I deal with this? i, I got to tell you a story. About, about a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago, I, I'd been wrestling with an issue that was a sin. That I, it really, I'd been, you ever see those big exercise balls? It, here's kind of the way my life felt. I felt like I was trying to stand on that without going down, you know. I was trying to keep that sin under control, you know. 
That's hard work, isn't it? Maybe you've been there, I don't know. Hope you don't have to go there. If you have been there and got out of there, isn't it great? If you're still there, Jesus is merciful. So I'm standing on this ball. And I wake up in the morning, one morning. And it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. That, that verse started going through my mind. So overcoming temporarily my pride, boy, it's hard to overcome pride, isn't it? I picked up my phone, kind of like Chuck's here, and I dialed the number, and I said, Murray, can I come talk to you? I said, sure. So I went to talk to Murray, and I said, Murray, I need a pastor confessor. I woke up this morning, and James chapter 5 said, I need to confess my sin. I've been bouncing on this ball, and it's not working. He said, okay. You know, Murray told me, he said, well, I'm honored that you trust me. And I said, well, I had to overcome my pride to trust you. <laughs> and I told him what I was dealing with, and he prayed for me. And you know what? This is, this is really fascinating. This is, it's more than fascinating. It's wonderful. The power of that sin has been broken. I'm standing on level ground. I'm standing on level ground. Isn't that amazing? Isn't the mercy of God shown in community so amazing that someone like Murray can be a confessor for me and then maybe I turn and I'm a confessor for someone else and God passes that mercy and that healing around among his people because they say, I'm going to let some walls down, man. I'm going to live in community. I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm going to confess my sin when I need to. And when people confess to me, I'm going to pray. I'm going to exercise the keys of the kingdom over them. And I'm going to say, you are forgiven for Jesus' sake. Wow. What a community. You can't get that in the Lions Club. (laughs) Rotary can't touch it. You know what I mean? United Way, they don't have it. But Jesus has got it, and he's deposited in us, in this community. And he says, well, you dwell together. Now, this is, this is very important. This unity is a very unique community. It's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and him alone. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved than that of Jesus Christ. But where we dwell together in that unity, not the unity of some great social purpose, you know, or some great civic mindedness, not that unity, God... God does bless those kind of things. Anytime people work in unity, God lets a blessing rest on them. Not this kind of blessing where it says, life forevermore. Now, Jesus is totally united with the Father and the Spirit. And when he says to Lazarus, come forth, life comes. But he's still wrapped up. So we're responsible to live in this community. So we get unwrapped. And it's really kind of like a keep pulling on that, you know. Keep, oh, I got, look, i got a right arm now. Oh, that's good. Oh, my left leg's getting free. Oh, I can hear out of this ear. We get totally unwrapped in the community of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing. Now, that's where you want to be, where God has commanded a blessing. Isn't that right? How many of y'all would like to be blessed by God? I don't mean having more money or a pink Cadillac. I mean having peace with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge that whatever comes down the pike, I'm all right. I'm okay. Because God loves me. I'm in the communion of the saints. And there are people praying for me. 
Isn't that good to know? So, it's a compassionate community. It's a capable community because the church is a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. Do you think the Spirit of God is capable? Absolutely. And He has deposited, He has placed a cross and within His people gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's not a Christian, there's not a person called into community with God that's not gifted by the dynamic of the person of the Holy Spirit. Not one. Everyone that God places in Christ Jesus is filled with His Spirit and has been given gifts to exercise. But you know, it's the only way that you really discover those gifts is not by taking a big quiz. I've done that 28 times. That may give you some understanding about maybe what I like to do, but gifts are discovered in the using of them. You start using them. You know, when I started preaching, I, the worst thing I ever imagined in my life was to stand before people and say something. I mean, really. I thought, man, no way. I always used humor to fend things off, you know, because I didn't want to get too close to my cousins or anything. So I'd use humor all the time. I still do that. They're still unwrapping me, you know. But, but when I, I, got, I got this job for the government, I was teaching a bunch of scientists. And I had to do it. It's part of my job description. So here are all these guys. All these guys got PhDs, and I'm, and I'm supposed to teach them something, you know. I'm standing up there. And when I did that the first time, I thought, hey, look at me. I got a gift. You know, I got a gift. And later on, God said, yeah, it's the gift to teach my word. And you have a gift. And all those gifts, when they come together, and when they are built upon the foundation of Jesus, when they're exercised in community under the authority of God's word and by his spirit, God says, let there be life forevermore. Life forevermore. That's the command of God. Well, that's a great command. So we're a capable community. But we've got to be a cultivated community. So I'm almost finished, but let me pray. Father, we, uh, we invite you just to take your word, apply it in our situations, God, in our hearts, in our minds. Lord, it's living and active. You said that uh, flesh and blood doesn't bring life, but your word is spirit and life. So, Father, let your word spoken, let your word heard. God, let your word that created, created in us, Lord, not only an appetite for you, but a taste that begins to satisfy our deep longing for being intimate with you and being intimate with ourselves in a good sense, God, and with one another. That we can hear what you've said to Jesus, this is my beloved son. With you I'm well pleased. That we might hear these words spoken in us and over us and among us and that life might rule, God. We ask this because we want you to be glorified. We want you to be honored. And oh God, you know us, we want to be fruitful. We want to be full of joy. And we want to produce more that you might be glorified. So come and do that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 1 says this. One verse, I want to read this to you, it's in verse 14. 120 folks are gathered together. And it says, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Then in chapter 2, something similar in verse 42. This is the gathering of the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts 
praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. God commanded the blessing where these people dwelt together in unity. And people were being added. This, there's a little booklet called Secrets of the Early Church. Not very secret. They committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, and the breaking of the bread. In chapter 4, into that chapter in verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who had believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him were his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as they had need. Isn't this an amazing thing, that they were devoted to these things of this fellowship? Have you ever been devoted to something? Ever been devoted to something? Devoted just means to be focused. That that's your attention. Everything is given to that. These people are devoted. And so God says, if you will be devoted in unity to my Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I will command a blessing. Life forevermore. Wow, this is great stuff. Don't you want to participate in that? We are participants and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you realize it? You realize it by devoting yourselves to the Word of God, to the fellowship of the saints, to the breaking of bread. And to prayers. That's how it's realized. Every organization, every family has parameters by which they function or they're dysfunctional. A church that is functional devotes themselves to these four simple things. And God commands the blessing. So I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to think, where, where's my heart? Where, am I devoted to the church? Well, how come I don't get much? How come I seem like I'm always unhappy at the church? Or unhappy with what's going on at the church? Well, sometimes we have to check our heart. Am I really devoted to the church or my idea of what ought to happen there? You know? What am I really devoted to? If we're devoted to the Word of God and letting it prescribe to us what the Holy Spirit delights in and what God speaks life to, then we'll participate in the ways that God has called us to participate. And we'll be blessed. So let's pray again. Father, we look to you. We pray that you would bless your word, the reading of it, the hearing of it. God, you inspired it. You oversee it. You watch it. You water us with it. You rinse us clean in it. God, let that be done today for us, for your sake, God. And bring healing. Bring healing to us, God. Bring wholeness to us. Life forevermore, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.